Welcome back. Hi, friend. Really grateful that you have decided to listen to this episode today. If you're new, welcome. Thank you. If you're not and you're just coming back, this is the episode. I want to invite you to grab a cup of tea, a mocha, a matcha, something delicious, because something delicious happens between my co-hosts and I today. This is the Connected Calm Life. My name is Lane Kennedy. I'm your calm coach. I'm here to really bring you into the present moment, your practice. Make sure to check out the show notes over at lanekennedy.com forward slash podcast. And also while you're there, check out the DNA coaching that I have. I put it on special right now for the end of the year pricing. The DNA package is something that is kind of mind blowing. When we look at the DNA, it doesn't lie. So I'd love to be able to serve you in that matter if your health is struggling or if you're up against something that you want to change now, we can do that. All right, let's get into today's episode. Again, grateful that you're here. Just a quick note about this episode. It's a little choppy. We had some connection problems, but I still love it. Enjoy. Hi, this is Valeria and you're listening to The Connected Come Life. Hi, everyone. I am so glad to be with Valeria today. She's a very special woman in my life. I've known Valeria for over 15 years, I think. And this is one of the gifts of recovery is being able to have a relationship with someone uh, for a long time, for a long time. Valeria, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Lane. Yeah, I don't ever plan my episodes. I kind of just love to have organic conversations. And because we have known each other for so long, I want you to just introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners. Uh, You can share as little or as much as you'd like. uh, Because if I describe you, it's going to be different from than what you would say. So let's hear from your perspective of how we met or who you were when we first met? Yeah, uh, good question. So uh, we met in San Francisco uh, where I ended up living from 2000 um, on. I moved there for my love of the nightlife industry and um, the creative energy that was surrounding that space around that uh, decade, I should say. Um, and the previous decade, um, it's been on my list of places to live for, you know, the several years that I moved before I moved over there. And inevitably, by living in San Francisco, I ended up falling into tech. Um, I, um, I worked in innovation pretty early on, and then I ended up working in tech for many years in early stage uh, companies and uh, several years ago, I ended up working in blockchain, and that's the that's the space I'm in now. Um, I wouldn't even call it a vertical because it's its own world, its own metaverse. Um, and the way we met really was um, somewhere between my um, passion for the nightlife industry and. Um, my transition into working in innovation, there was a stage in which um, things weren't exactly 
going in the right direction. And as a result, uh, I took a U-turn in my life and got sober. Was getting sober easy for you? Well, that was something that you could do because my world was so embedded in, you know, everybody and everything around me uh, in substances. And so um, from every, you know, literally from every tier of society. And so um, at the time, I... I thought that that was just how people lived in San Francisco. Um, but when I started getting sober and when I, you know, had some time under my belt, I essentially, you know, it stuck very well for me. Um, my desire to, you know, use or drink anything got taken away immediately. And also because I was following the suggestions people were giving me, my life was getting better and better and better. I had like an incredible pink cloud nine months where I was floating uh, for the first nine months of my sobriety. Yeah, that was quite a time. That was, okay, so 15 years ago, that's the... It's February, February 2007. I was going to say the the 2000, yeah, 7, 2008. And... 2006. I'm sorry. I'm like, 2006. 2006. Where are we at? So the the, the early 2000s, let's just put it that way. The early 2000s. Yeah. uh, After the 90s, into the 2000s, technology is booming. San Francisco is crazy. Uh, I recall like lots of parties and it was a it was a very it was innovative. People were really uh, aggressively going after technology at that time, and you were so in it. You were like crawling, trying to get to the top. I just remember, like you were like on the hustle, always on the hustle. I'm like you were always on the hustle. I'd be like, slow down. You're like, no, I'm going out. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that was one thing about my sobriety is that I was so embedded into the underground nightlife production business that because my desire for drinking and using was taken away so quickly, I really, you know, didn't, didn't, didn't skip a beat. And I just continued going out because I could be in those places. Not everybody has that same experience, but for me, like I just quickly adjusted my routine and you know, switch to soft drinks and um, essentially like, you know, hang out, hung out on the dance floor versus near the bar. And um, my lifestyle can just continued um, thriving. And in fact, my own personal production business of doing, you know, these influencer parties or whatnot, like the CNBC parties that now they call them influencers back then. I don't think they called them anything. Um, essentially thrived because suddenly I could put things together, you know, putting events together was not a small feat. It's basically you have to be really present and organized and incredibly connected, um, which I had, but never really could, you know, put two and two together because I was like out to lunch. Right. You, you were very well connected and I remember, yes, you were always on the go and people always wanted to be around you. People were showing up 
for, for your things. And I, I could never wrap my head around that. Be like, she's brand new. How is this possible? You always had a lot of energy. You still have a lot of energy, face it. Like, like to be able to move about and in the world that you're in now, you have to be high energy and energetic. But one thing that you said is this, this word influencer. And I want to just talk about the world of influence right now. Because I feel like there's so many paths of influence. How has your recovery helped you in regards to being an influencer? Oh, gosh. So I wouldn't really consider myself an to give to other people, Trishas. Um, So it's okay if you call me that. Um, so I think, you know, it's interesting when you talk about like the, the scope of influence, because to me, I still see different tracks of influence in my world. Like there's people who are influential in crypto, and then there's people who are influential in spirituality. And for some reason, I haven't found those two connecting. I would, you know, people would beg to differ and they would think that, you know, being on drugs and, you know, they, they think that that's spiritual. Um, I mean, like I said, I would beg to differ um, in that sense. Um, but I think that I have yet to meet many people and no one really comes to mind that I find has incredibly spiritual values and is also very influential in crypto. So the combination of both of those things, and I think the only person that I guess can basically exemplify that is myself because I am a sober person in the world of crypto, which is like the Hunger Games. And, you know, you just have to be the best that you can be in this like wild, wild west world. So I guess it's basically comes down to me to um, demonstrate those values. And it's not hard. I mean, it's not easy. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a world that moves a thousand miles an hour. <laughs> so um, how did you, how did you stumble into the crypto space? Um, yeah. So actually I got into it for very, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, uh, altruistic reasons, really. Uh, my career slash education path has, had some touches of um, social impact. And after working for several years in software sales and um, marketing and growth, I um, stumbled upon blockchain. And I was really just looking to move to London because this company I was looking to work at was sponsoring a visa. And I thought, yeah, okay, sure. Cool. Let's check it out. And um, interestingly enough, the things that they were talking about working on and the impact that they, you know, were evangelizing really sounded like they were making a difference in the world. So it was like a perfect marriage of, doing social impact and working in tech, which is something that I had already realized that my life will forever be married to. And um, 
you know? And here you are. How many years has it been now since you got into this? So it was the summer of um, 2017. So it's been uh, over four, almost four and a half years now. Right. So I'm going to go back to the spiritual influencer little conversation. Just going to backtrack for a moment. Because I, you know, you talk about when we've had our conversations around the blockchain of crypto and this wild west, uh, this new way of living. Like you, 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 you share with me. You know, get involved with a company that's doing good, and there's a lot of companies out there that are doing good, and you, that's kind of the social impact. And for somebody who is on a sober path, and the your life depends on practicing spiritual principles and really implementing those spiritual principles. And then you're living in this wild West world, (laughs) like where there's no rules or are there rules or like, how do you balance that? Yeah. The balance part is the hardest part. I think when it comes to crypto, because it does move a thousand miles an hour And because our industry is so cyclical, when we're having a good run, you basically just suit up and show up because you know that when this run is over, there's going to be a trough of of, um, your schedule. And so I think balance is the hardest part for somebody who is on a sober path or on a spiritual path and trying to you know, maintain lifestyle balanced with professionalism, balanced with meditation, balanced with uh, journaling, balanced with check-ins, balanced with doing service. Uh, All of those things is much harder to do because once you've been through a single bear market, bull market cycle, you know that when it's bull market, you work, that's it. You know, there's no time to break. Like, like my last vacation was 48 hours um, and I got called in. <laughs> I got oh. called in during it because a person that I was, I had set up a interview for needed me there to hold his hand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then the vacation before that was last Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, so how, okay. So we're in this fortunate, unfortunate situation right now with COVID and how we have, everything has you know, gone online. And I guess for you, maybe that's beneficial because your work is online and then you can, you know, check into a, a meeting if that's your jam, if that's your path, right? Are you using the tools to stay plugged into your sober path? And now that you're in long-term recovery, how does that, right? It, like there's so many layers here to your spiritual path in recovery. So what does it look like? Because you, like you just said, my last vacation was a year ago, uh, you know, 48 hours was the last time I slowed down. I know you just moved into a new house. So, so when and how are you doing this in long-term recovery? Yeah. Um, I, d- I do keep a regular check-in. I wouldn't say that I ever let myself get away for too long from the path. Um, I check in with people Um, I meet people regularly uh, now that I'm back in the United States. um, I do feel that recovery here is much stronger. 
Um, so I feel much more connected. Um, I have a lot more options in person and online to see people that I can, you know, connect and share where I am today. Um, and um, being in nature, I suppose I'm, you know, plopped right in the middle of God's country. So um, what else am I to do but start connecting? And is that, that's... Is that something new for you being smack down in the middle of nature? Is that why you think you you went there? Of all the places in the world, right? Like you chose to go into nature. Do you think that has... Yeah. 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 I mean, connecting with nature throughout my sobriety has always been a thing. And hiking has just been a huge part of it. And I think that's another reason why I moved back to the United States is because I didn't really have that same access to um, wilderness while I was living in the big cities in Europe. Um, Not to the same level, at least, that I've had it here in the different places I've lived. And yeah, I guess it's basically allowing me to get a new perspective, uh, get all the benefits of living in the mountains. Um, We all know that chemically uh, being out in nature, it, you know, makes you, it's healthier, it rebalances you. And so because my life is so intense, uh, I just thought that living in a big city would not be the right path for me at this point in my life. And besides the fact, I've already lived in all the best big cities in the world. Right. I know. I love that about you. I love that that's, you know, in sobriety, I always talk about like the personal evolution. You know, it, five years ago, would you have guessed that you would have what you have in your life right now? No. But, <laughs> but people in recovery get things at different stages. And for me, it, you know, the way it was supposed to be, it was the way it was supposed to be. And and part, you know, part of that is that, yes, it took a very long time for me to kind of get settled and um, established for in my own personal goals or whatnot. But in other ways, I've been incredibly grateful throughout the last 15 years just to be sober. And I feel like perhaps like this is where this is how it was supposed to be. Um, and the timing is exactly the way it's supposed to be. And um, you know, perhaps I wasn't prepared, uh, earlier. Do you you miss drinking? Drinking? Do you miss it? Um, so (laughs) drinking, um, interestingly enough, um, just yesterday, I sadly found out that an old sober running buddy of mine is now drinking. Mm. And for some reason, I got a little bit thirsty just when I heard that because she's so healthy and sober. And I just was like, fuck, you know, Um, I just I was like, okay, well, okay, you know, for a second, like I thought about it. But um, like for me, uh, see, drinking is drinking is uh, not really something I um, was, I would say, obsessed about. It's the stuff that followed yeah. that I really loved <laughs> the really out of control stuff so um 
And I know that that's what drinking will lead to. And so for me, like drinking is just like, you know, the entry point, Mm -hmm. like this, the the hurricane that follows is where my fantasy, you know, that that's where the fun is Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. It's so interesting, again, just to think about as we progress and evolve in our recovery, how people drink again and how they don't get back to their sober life and how things fall apart. Do you think that would happen for you? Oh, it would absolutely happen for me, 100%. Like I'd be dead or in prison like within like a month, if that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I know that everything I have today is because I am sober and because I'm present and because I can make rational decisions about my life. I'm not perfect. Oh God, no. But, um, and you know, every day I deal with, situations especially in my work life that are very complicated and I don't always know if I, I, my decision is 100% the right one but at least I strive to go in the right direction and do the right thing I know that all that goes out the window as soon as there's substances in my body because then I'm God I'm a God and I'm in charge and what I think is the right thing and basically you know, my way is the right way. And what happens to you in the way of my having fun is your problem. Mm -hmm. Over the last 15 years, I'd love for you to share one of these times when it was your way or the highway, right? Because even in recovery, even when we're not drinking, we make these decisions and then we're going, and then we look back and we're like, oh, shh, oh, that was not the right turn. Do you have a story that you could share with us that comes to mind? You know, it's interesting, Lane, because I am an avid believer. Of, that everything works for a time or I, everything. No, I don't want to hear that. That, story, <laughs> that was like an experience I had to have because right. usually within a few years or sometimes many years later, it's revealed to me why that was, you know, part of Correct. my life. And Correct. That was, I want to hear the story though. I so mean, our listeners, our listeners want to hear something where you did something, right? Like I often talk about like having my son. Yeah. That, that was not on my plan. Really? No, that was not my plan. And he, yes, years later, I'm like, oh my God, he's like the best gift I could have ever conceived right but and and that was in my uh what year was that like 15th year sober like you know, you know what I mean like I was sober a while when that happened yeah right? and I've made other decisions based on I'm gonna do what I want because I want it you know traveling to the other side of the world I wanted it and then I landed there and I was petrified and thought I was gonna drink because I was alone and I didn't speak the language. Like, so I've done all kinds of these things. And, and yes, everything adds up and is like, oh, that's why I did that. That was the introduction of my uh, uh, world to meditation and mindfulness, right? That happened 20 years ago. And it's led me to now who I am today and what I, and I teach, right? So I understand that concept, but what, what's the story where you, you can share with us of like, oh, 
no, that was not the good. That wasn't great. (laughs) But now, I mean, I can tell you about a very recent thing that happened that I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't expect that to be part of it. And now it is. And I just have to now live through it and deal with it. Okay. So, you know, I just bought this house. I moved in literally a week ago. And, you know, while the house is stunning and the beautiful property, I'm in the woods in nature, all of that is fantastic. However, at night, I'm in the middle of the woods on five acres of land. (laughs) And I didn't anticipate just how eerie that would make me feel. The windows don't have any uh-huh. covers on them. Uh-huh. So both me and my dog stare out the windows into the black, like uh-huh. thinking, what's out there? <laughs> so I'm having I'm having a blinds person, you know, a person that installs blinds. Yes. Come over on Tuesday, we're gonna put blinds on every fucking window in the house. <laughs> so that I don't have to peek out there and like look at the pitch black and think, what's out there? <laughs> Right. That's a good, that's a really great one. That's a really great, right, right. We don't know. We don't know until we get into that situation. That's a good one. Yeah. Because I kept, I kept coming to the house to look at it during the day yep. and it's stunning and great energy. I mean, that was one of the things about it is that like this house just has such beautiful energy around it and about it. And, but at night it's dark and it's, it's also like a very big and spacious house on a really big property And I'm a city girl, but you know, the only way out is through, right? So it's fear and at least I'm sober. And it basically, what it's going to make me do is going to make me um, walk through it, Mm -hmm. come out better on the other side. And it's going to force me to connect with my higher power because that's the only thing that could actually save me from my craziness. in my head that is basically causing this like fantasy of something being out there. Oh my God. I love that. (laughs) There's nothing. There's bears, maybe some bears, some uh, bobcats. They're Um, sleeping. So the bears are sleeping. There's mountain lions. Mountain lions. Yeah. Um, They usually like, they only attack people like once every 15 years. Like there's been like, but they attack (laughs) sometimes. Um, and then there's raccoons, which are, you know, whatever, just annoying. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's nothing out there. My neighbors have told me, the owner of the house have told me that like, yeah. you have nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. And yet I look out the window and it's black. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, that's one of those things you, you know, you do. And then you're like, oh, now I own a house yeah. and I'm scared to be in it at night. Great. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. That's really great. And it just shows the thinking, the alcoholic thinking, the the storytelling that we all have. And in in, in long-term recovery and short-term recovery, when we just come in, we we're constantly manipulating this facade around us. And it gets us into trouble. Yeah. It's a fantasy. Like yeah, I, I just a fantasy. Fantasy. Like yeah. this is gonna be, this is how it's gonna be. Yeah. And then it is like that. Yeah. Except for I still need to get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. My husband said, always is, is talking. He's like, okay, what's the movie that you're playing now? Like what's happening now? And I'm like, stop, <laughs> don't get in my head. 
Yeah, it just spins. It's like it's like a thing. And then the reality is right here. But yeah. the thinking is like, you know, I've already, you know, written a script about how this thing is going to... How it's going to end. <laughs> What's going to happen next? Yeah. Okay. So that brings me to my next question is, you know, you, you're out in this very uh, beautiful place. Uh, you... Do you have a practice out there? Do you go out and walk? Do you sit? Do you pray? Do you run and meditate? Like, what's your practice like right now? So my meditation has kind of been spotty. It's been on and off. Um, it hasn't been consistent. And there's been times in my recovery where that was the only thing that I was relying on because it was such a powerful way of connecting for me. So I you know, after this weekend, after my housewarming party, I do plan to start uh, regularly walking and exploring in nature because I've been reassured by many that there's no wild beasts out there to get me. Um, so I have a dog. I'm fine. Um, I think that was one of the things that I've done uh, throughout my recovery uh, that has always allowed me to stay connected um, even when my throughout the day connection wasn't as strong, I do plan to start meditating, uh, right now, again, regularly, um, right now, because my, you know, I'm just, you know, waking up in the mountains and my house, my first priority order of business is to go get some nice cappuccino, <laughs> in my big kitchen upstairs. Um, so that's kind of been my um, practice in the morning. Um, but yeah, sitting, uh, reflecting in some way, writing. Um, it's It's been going on, just not in the consistent manner that I'd like for it to be. And I know that if it were in a consistent manner, it just basically would compound rather than two steps forward, one step back, one step forward, two steps back uh, style. What's it going to take for you to get there? Blinds. Just the blinds. <laughs> Just the blinds. Oh, Valeria. Uh, what's, what's next on your, what's next on your sober journey? Uh, well, I mean, as you know, I've had a really good year professionally, um, in many ways, but I do feel that due to my disconnection from, you know, the home base of the U S recovery, um, being in a foreign land, uh, living, not you know, you know, we've been disconnected from in-person um, gatherings for a long time. So I think for me, the next big thing is being available, being present, being of service, giving back. I think like more than anything, what I can give back to people is like the the hope that I have survived on and thrived on because as you know like my life did not always look like this and I've 
just had to persevere and continue and stumble and fall and try again. And, you know, uh, it does, it does work out. It's, um, so I think that that's more than anything, I think just like sharing my story and my experience with people so that they know that like, you know, I didn't, like nothing was given, everything was earned. That's a, everything is earned in every aspect of life. I think that is, um, like sobriety is not given to us. We earn it by staying recovery. Like we earn it every day by saying yes to a sober path. And I think that's what I hear right now with you is that what's next on your journey is just exploring more deeply, like being of service to others. I mean, you have a beautiful life because you are sober. Let's face it. You haven't given up. Like you're like that little terrier, like, (laughs) it's one of the reasons why I love you. And it's like our relationship has been so tumultuous, but I've always given it space because of your enthusiasm, because you don't give up. Uh, that's it's, And I love that about you. I love that you have that true desire to come out the other end. And women all over the world have that same desire, right? We're in this sober community now and we can all connect in this online world, which is really, really cool. Uh, do you have anything else that you'd like to share with our our listeners today? I just thank you for for doing this and uh, elaborating on the message that uh, we both received um, and translating it for broader audiences. So it's uh, hopefully it reaches everybody that it's intended to reach. Yeah, and helps people. Yeah, long-term recovery is possible. Uh, short-term recovery is possible. Being sober is possible. Uh, And Valeria is a freaking miracle. (laughs) So if you would have seen her when I saw her when she first showed up, (laughs) she had the short shorts on and the high heel boots and a different human being. And now um, she's just a reflection of this beautiful sober woman. Flaria, thanks for being my co-host today and hanging out and talking about the message of recovery. Thank you so much, Lane. Have a good day. All right, friend. Have a great day. May you find something bright, something light, and something so delicious it fills you up so you can be the best you can be. Until next time, take good care. So what'd you think? Pretty good, right? I love her so very much. She has been so inspiring to watch Stay Sober. And really, just when I see the growth of somebody such as Valeria, anything is possible, right? Anything is possible when you put down drinking. So I hope that that was an inspiring story. Uh, Make sure to check out what's happening over at lanekennedy.com forward slash coaching. I'm here to serve you. Thanks again for listening.